0: hello everybody welcome to episode 97 of the metal detecting show podcast my name is Kieran, and I have been metal detecting now for nearly 30 years this week let's talk about EMI E-ecstasy M oh, yeah, that's the wrong one EMI and how it can affect your hunting day to day and what you should do about it so let's get on with the show Hey everyone, before we start, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and I hope you enjoyed the episode this week. If you want to support the show, there are many options available in the links in the episode notes below. And if you want to interact with me and the show, that information's in there too. But most importantly, if you like this content and would like more, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hey everybody, how was your week? I hope the seasons are starting to warm up and your hunting grounds are starting to thaw out and I'm hoping you're able to get out. As you know from the intro, this week we're going to talk about EMI, electromagnetic interference or radio frequency interference as it's sometimes called. But before we get into the main topic, there's a few, I suppose, little updates I want to give you about the podcast. So, I totally forgot, last week was our second year anniversary. Can you believe it? Two years, 97 episodes. I suppose I was waiting on episode 104 to be the two-year anniversary, but of course I missed a few weeks this year due to personal circumstances, so obviously the numbers don't add up as much. But yeah, two years doing the podcast, can you believe it? I can't believe I've stuck with this for so long. man I can't believe you've listened to me rabbit on for so long so here's the two years here's the two more and thanks to everybody for dedicating a little piece of your time every week to listening to my little podcast here other news next week is St. Patrick's Day in Ireland St. Patrick's Day not St. Patty's Day St. Patty's Day is when you celebrate burgers St. Patrick's Day is when you celebrate Ireland and it's all its awesomeness So unusually in Ireland, we're having a a national festival, I suppose, to sort of celebrate the end of COVID and to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, culminating in a double public holiday weekend. So from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, next week, it's a public holiday festival, I suppose, in Ireland. And I certainly am planning on celebrating wholeheartedly on Thursday. But in that vein, and because we've just gone past the two-year anniversary I think next week should be a recap and a celebration of the podcast over the last two years. So next week will be a highlight episode. In other news, I've been talking to Delect from Knock the Macro in an effort to get Delect on the podcast to do an interview and we can discuss the legend. So looking forward to that. It seems to be getting some traction. So fingers crossed we can coordinate our calendars and make it happen. And finally, in other news or updates, I meant to include this in last week's episode. But Dirtfish Dave off Instagram, good, great follower, always gives me good feedback on the podcast, who hails from the wonderful country of Australia, informed me that I was incorrect in my assumption that Australia is a free for all when it comes to metal detecting. So I want to just issue a correction here quickly. Um, So Dave informed me that federal and national parks and heritage sites are out. So you're not allowed to hunt there. Some states require a prospecting permit to detect, be it in gold sites or forests. Also, some local councils have banned detecting, especially in those tourist areas that we all know about. However, most beaches and parks are okay. So I want to really just call out a special thanks to Dave. I really appreciate the heads up and your expertise on the subject. So Australia might not be the metal detecting mecca that all us offlanders think it may be. So anyways, thanks Dave. So this week, I want to talk about EMI, or electromagnetic interference. What's the technical definition of EMI? Unwanted noise or interference in an electrical wire or circuit, sometimes called radio frequency interference or RFI. Essentially, what's happening is an electronic device or wire is producing or leaking RF signal into the atmosphere. And this may be unintentional, or it even may be intentionally. But what has this got to do with metal detecting, I hear you ask? EMI can cause false signals, chatter, making your own detector unreliable or unstable, all dependent on how the detector is set up. No two detectors will react the same because of subtle differences down to resistance levels or capacitance levels you know you may have one inductor that's slightly out of whack than another one and it may cause your detector to pick up more interference than your your partners or your neighbors your coil even may be angled at a different angle that is more efficient in propagating the electromagnetic interference just a little bit about EMI or RFI I think we call it EMI from now there's several types there's narrow band which is generally from radios tvs mobile phones which most people have these days and then you've got broadband which comes from electrical power lines, underground power lines, telephone wires and stuff like that. Unfortunately both types can affect your detector. I mean if you think about your metal detector as a highly sensitive radio transmitter and receiver the more sensitive it is the more susceptible it is to EMI. Cheaper electronics will be more prone to emitting EMI or RFI in cheaper electronics, all integrated circuits will not be shielded or grounded either to a circuit board or they won't use decoupling capacitors to reduce the EMI. Conversely, then cheaper detectors will not be equipped with the necessary shielding on the integrated circuits to prevent them from detecting or inducing EMI. If you're familiar with a metal detector, you know that it picks up or transmits and picks up in certain frequencies and you might be going, well, Ciarán, The main signal is at 50 Hertz. Why would my detector that's set for 8 kilohertz be picking up interference from a 50 Hertz signal or 50 Hertz mains line? Well, this all comes down to harmonics or resonant frequencies. So although it may be acting at 50 Hertz, there will be resonant frequencies coming off that that push up into the low kilohertz. Because of that, lower frequency machines are more susceptible to EMI. So if you're experiencing some EMI when you're out detecting, look out for some overhead power lines, underground power lines. Like I said, these have 50 hertz running through them and can cause resonant frequencies that will interfere with your metal detector. Telephone lines, cable TV lines act at 16 kilohertz, right smack bang in the middle of our receiving frequencies. If you're a gold prospector or if you're used to doing fields that may have livestock on them, you'd be familiar with electric fences that wreak havoc on your detector's ability to cut out the EMI. Mobile phones, I've experienced this myself. It's recommended to turn off your mobile phone while you're detecting for three reasons. One, your mobile phone may be emitting Wi-Fi, looking for a Wi-Fi hotspot. Two, it'll do the same for Bluetooth. It might be interfering with your Bluetooth headphones if you have them, but it will be definitely emitting Bluetooth if Bluetooth is turned on on your mobile phone. And then three, obviously, the main functionality of your mobile phone is to reach out and find out where its nearest cell tower is. Now, a cell tower can cause interference as well on your metal detector. However, in the mobile phone scenario, you're more likely to get EMI from your actual mobile phone itself when there is no cell tower nearby. Because if there's a cell tower nearby, your mobile phone adjusts its power output so it can maintain a certain level of battery life. However, if it can't pick up any cell towers in the immediate vicinity, it ramps up its power in an effort to reach those cell towers. So essentially what you have then is this high power beacon pushing EMI out from your pocket essentially. You would know when this is happening because it really runs your battery right down, especially you'd notice that if you're in an area where there's no coverage, your phone battery dies really quickly. And that's because it's pumping out radio signals trying to reach the nearest tower. And that wreaks havoc on your detector. I had this very issue happening with the Equinox 800 on a very remote beach, resulting in me having to just turn off the phone. It took me about an hour to figure it out, but I figured it out nonetheless. Turned off the phone. Everything was okay. Other sort of sources of EMI when you're detecting, believe it or not, VLF radio. So if you're anywhere near a port or boats or or an actual active military site, they will be using VLF radio to communicate. That can wreak havoc on your detector. And then there's environmental factors like lightning. A lot of people say thunder, but it's actually lightning that's causing the EMI. And if you're in the middle of a field and all of a sudden you are receiving a lot of EMI interference on your detector, This is potentially the first indication for you to get off the field and go home safely without getting struck by lightning. Another common source of EMI is actually other detectors. I did experience this recently on the field hunt with Silky Dave. We did have four detectors running at the same time, and you most definitely, definitely could hear the chatter from the other detectors. I've experienced all these issues myself, so I'm, I'm really drawn on experience here. But a random one, I don't know if many people have experienced it, but I would love to hear if you have experienced this very issue yourselves. But I have received EMI interference from seaweed, believe it or not. Now, i I think this is a resonant frequency coming back from the transmitted signal off the detector itself. So it's almost mirroring the signal back to it, that it picks it up as chatter. But if you've ever waved your detector over a large bunch of seaweed and you think there's a a lead sinker in there and your root around and there's not, and there's literally just a bunch of seaweed, I feel that that may be down to EMI. I have mentioned chatter there a few times, but what are the symptoms of EMI on your detector? Well, there's chatter. Especially if you're not moving your coil. So if you're holding your coil still and you're still hearing the beep, 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 in your coil, you're definitely picking up some EMI. You can actually have a loss in sensitivity, especially if you're in auto mode, as it adjusts to account for the EMI. You may lose some sensitivity, and also if you're one of the few people who sensibly use your threshold, you'll actually hear the audio shift in your threshold signal. Especially in the field, there will be some key indicators for EMI. So what can we do about a curon? Well, you can do a fair few things to mitigate EMI. So starting with the features that are available on most modern detectors. You can reduce your sensitivity, which is essentially reducing your detector's ability to receive back the out-of-phase return signal from the target. You can use discrimination and notch out a segment of your detector's detection range that may be suffering from EMI and just ignore that piece of detection range. Or conversely, you can actually put your detector in all metal mode or turn off discrimination altogether, because what that does, it makes your detector a lot more stable and more able to handle EMI. Most modern or advanced metal detectors will have a noise cancel feature, which is essentially you hit the button and you're putting your metal detector up in the air and it's reading in. EMI and other detectors and all types of radio frequencies and it's tuning your detector to block all that out. If you have the functionality to switch frequency of your detector say for example you're on the Legend or the Nox or the Deus 2 you will have that ability to turn off those lower frequencies that way you can ignore EMI that will affect those lower frequencies so switching frequency can be a huge help in mitigating EMI. Other stuff you can do about it is turn off that mobile phone in your pocket. It's a no-brainer. Move away from the source. That's the simplest solution. So if it's an overhead electrical line, just move away from it. You know, there is talk about changing the angle of attack of your coil head. But, you know, who, who is trying to do that? Just move away from it. And that is the simplest solution. Or just wait it out. Normally, these things are temporary. They're either due to atmospheric conditions or certain scenarios that may be occurring but some of these are generally temporary. So you may be able to just wait it out. So say you've done all that. I've done all that, Quran, But say you've done it all. Have you done it all? I have done it, Quran. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this one. But say you've done it all, right? And you're still experiencing EMI. You may have a faulty detector. I don't know if you remember the story about my quick draw two, where I ran it for a year, believing it was running fine or that I was operating on mineralized soil, only to find out when I sent it back to Bounty Hunter that it was faulty and that had to retune it. And it was just picking up EMI the whole time for a whole year. So essentially, you may have a faulty detector. It may be a situation where you need to get your detector retuned, which will obviously have to go back to the manufacturer or just reset it yourself. You potentially could have mineralized sand or water in your coil cover or shaft. And something that I think a lot of people might not think of is your coil cable. The cable on your coil may be loose or it may be just rattling around as you swing your coil. So you have to make sure that is super secure. Not so secure that you could potentially break it, but secure that it's not moving in opposition to your coil because that can cause EMI as well. Just a quick note on air testing in the house. Your house is a hodgepodge of EMI or interference, your microwave, or as Nigella would call it, your microwave, eh? your LED lighting, fluorescent lighting, everything, Wi-Fi, everything these days is emitting EMI. And if you're doing air testing in your house, you need to be very aware of what's causing EMI in your house and where it is. Now, you can mitigate it by just simply tilting the plane of your coil, either up or down, just so it doesn't pick up the frequency. Be cognizant, if you're air testing in your house, that you are surrounded by a galaxy of EMI. And that's it for this week, guys. I hope you like this episode of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. Check out the show notes if you want to interact with the podcast. The links are in the episode notes below. Make sure to tell some friends in the podcast and let me know on all the social medias if you like the podcast. Congratulations on being part of the podcast for the last two years. And here's the two years more. And we will chat to you all again soon.